Amen. So good to see you in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. 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 Well, it is so wonderful to see everybody here together today, and it is an honor to worship the Lord with all of you. If this is your first time joining us, my name is Pastor Brandon. If you're watching online, it's so good to see you. And thank you for uh, worshiping with us, though we did a little bit different today. I loved it. I love that 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 more just acoustic feel of just being able to worship the Lord. And um, I wanted to to celebrate with you guys something that we just have an amazing team of people here at RLC. Can we just celebrate the amazing team that serve so faithfully around here? There are so many people who do so many things around here and, and not just on a consistent basis, but sometimes when we need a little extra help. And I don't know if you can hear in my voice, uh, this is an improvement. <laughs> um, at Tuesday, uh, Thursday, you couldn't, you couldn't hear me talk at all. And I started getting super bitter. Uh, because the, the text of scripture we're going to be going through today is just absolutely powerful and amazing. And God's word is always good and it's always effective and it's always just good for our soul. Uh, but I contacted, uh, Pastor Derek and I said, do you mind start, starting to get ready? Because, um, I may not be able to talk come Sunday. And he was willing to jump in and to do this. And I am just so excited that we have people on our team who are willing to step up and share God's word with us today. And so I just wanted to just celebrate him as he's getting ready to tell him thank you uh, so much for being willing to do this, even though I am bitter. Because this is such a good text that he is going to be going through today. Uh, but he is going to just share God's word with us. And so I just want to pray over him and over the rest of our service. And then we're going to just jump into God's word together. So can we just pray together? Father, it is never out of order to take another opportunity to say thank you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, we just invite you into this moment to go deeper into our hearts. We trust that whatever you reveal, you intend to heal. And so I pray you open our hearts, open our minds, speak to us. Challenge us, change us, motivate us. But whatever you do, don't let us be the same. And Lord, we just pray over uh, Pastor Derek, Lord, that you will open his heart, open his mind. I pray that he won't just speak words of his own wisdom, but words from you, God. And that we will be forever impacted because of what you speak through him. It will be that rhema word, Lord, that stirs up inside of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 bless you guys today. Good morning, church. Uh, my name is Derek Spencer, and I am the student pastor here at Real Life Church. Uh, if you do not know me, I want to give you a little introduction of myself. Um, me and my wife have been here at RLC for the past four years, and uh, we have two beautiful children, um, Judah, who is two years old, and Della, who is four months old. Um, so me and my wife are currently in the stage of not getting much sleep, mostly my wife more than me. Um, and she's very gracious to take care of Della during nighttime. Um, but that's kind of the stage we are at. I'm 26 years old. Um, over the past four years, I've really, you know, grown from being a, a young man to still being a young man, but, uh, being under Pastor Brandon, I've grown so much. And every single Wednesday night, we have our student ministry called Student Life from, uh, 6.30 to 8 o'clock. And, uh, if you have students in the youth ministry, um, I absolutely love your kids to death. Um, someone asked me the other day, man, how do you put up with these middle school kids? Uh, I feel like sometimes I'm a middle school kid at heart, you know, and, uh, I just connect with them and I, and I love to see, um, God change the next generation in so many different ways. So anyways, that's a little bit about me. Um, if you don't know me, I'd love to get to know you a little bit more. If you have students who are not in student ministry and want to get them plugged in, I would love to get them connected because, they're learning God's word. I mean, we just talked about Ezra and Nehemiah on Wednesday night. I mean, you know a lot about Ezra and Nehemiah. Your students do. Joey does in the back. 
So we're learning about that. We're going through the entire Old Testament, how we can see Jesus in every single book of the Bible and how he was the promised Messiah, the promised king. And I, I think it's amazing that we're actually doing this series, King Jesus, where, I mean, they literally were looking around like, where's our king at? You know, we were supposed to be coming from David. Where's our king? He's coming. And they mocked him for it, but it was actually a, an awesome fulfillment where they put king of the Jews above his head. And so uh, this morning we're going to be staying in our King Jesus uh, series. We're going to be in the text of Matthew 6, 19 through 24. This morning's message, I really wanted to talk about the idea of choices, of choices. And uh, I don't know if you're like me, but uh, every single Sunday, me and my wife seem to always get in an argument right after church. And it's always about the same thing. Honey, where do you want to eat? It's always this weird thing. And I say, I don't care. And she says, I don't care. And I say, okay, let's go get Chipotle. And she says, ah, not that. I say, well, I don't care. Let's get something. And uh, how many of you are like me and my wife? Uh, if Chick-fil-A was open on Sunday, that would be the ultimate fulfillment of our faith on Sunday. <laughs> But it's not. It's got to take a rest every once in a while. So we, we settle for sometimes a ham and cheese sandwich at home. And uh, that's just how it is. But uh, there's so many choices. And especially here in Bowling Green, I just wanted to throw up a little graphic. I mean, you got cane, Raisin Canes. You got Arby's. You got Wendy's. We don't have Red Robins here in town, but mm, Red Robins, yum. We got... Uh, uh, all these different options. And sometimes it gets so overwhelming. And with all of these choices, there's always a positive outcome that could come from it where it's like, man, that satisfied me. I could take a good Sunday nap now. Or there's a negative where you go to Taco Bell and you're facing the consequences later. <laughs> Enough said. There's choices. Positive and negative things happen in our life when it comes to our choices. Another option when it comes to choices is maybe your sports team. I'm a big sports fanatic. And uh, unfortunately, it seems like at the age of 11, all of us pick a favorite sports team. And then for the rest of our lives, we're angry at the TV, yelling at it because of a decision we made as a kid. That's my story. I'm an Indianapolis Colts fan. And uh, in 2006, I started watching it with my, my dad. And he's a big Colts fan. And, you know, we loved Peyton Manning. He was an icon in our eyes. And the, the best thing about it, fast forward in life, um, all of my family is actually, um, my in-laws are Bears fans. And in that Super Bowl, the Colts went to the Super Bowl that year and beat the Chicago Bears. So I will forever hold that over their head. But ever since then, the Chicago Bears and the Indianapolis Colts have been absolutely terrible. It's been sad. Peyton Manning, uh, we basically broke his neck because we never had an offensive line for him. Uh, he ended up going to the Broncos. We drafted Andrew Luck, and we broke his entire body, and he retired at the age of 26, my age, basically. And it was sad, and, and to this day, I mourn every single Sunday when football season's on because, man, the Colts are bad. But hopefully this year we draft a quarterback and we move on. But this was a decision I made at a young age. Maybe you're not into sports and maybe you're a coffee drinker. I mean, can I be honest with you guys? Why is there so many different types of coffees? Can we just go and get a coffee? I mean, I can't even pronounce half of these things. You got the espresso, you got the mocha, you got the frappe, you got the caramel frappuccino, you got all these different options. And can I be honest with you? The best way to drink coffee as you pour it down the drain. Thank you. Thank you. That's the best way to drink coffee. And that's just the bottom line. <laughs> Anyways, let's move on. Maybe you're not a coffee person and maybe you're a steak person. I love me some steak. And the best way, in my opinion, is medium. 
maybe a little bit medium rare. If you're getting it cooked well done, why are you getting a steak? It doesn't make any sense. But unfortunately, there's consequences. And when you get a well-done steak, there's some consequences. It's not good. So when you get the medium and you go to Texas Roadhouse and you spent $45 on a steak that you don't like, it's an unfortunate thing. But when you get a medium steak, it satisfies your soul. We look at our life and we see that where do we live? Where do we find a job? What to eat for dinner? What are we going to do tonight? Where do we work? Where do we, what do we study? And there's been a, a popular quote that's been going around. Um, and it says, we are our choices. If you want to know the quality of your life, look at the quality of your choices. Unfortunately, I am an Indianapolis Colts fan, and that is the quality of my sports life. But the bottom line is, Jesus is very clear in this text we're about to read, that we only have real two choices. We have two real choices. And so I want to jump into this text this morning with you as we look over this, this idea of where Jesus is being very clear with us, giving us clear direction that we only have two choices, guys. I think sometimes we make it more complicated than it really should be. But Jesus is trying to help us with this text. So let's go ahead and jump into this text. It says, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or he eat, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Mm, we're about to get into it today, church. We're about to get into it today. And, and the, if you're taking notes, the title of this message this morning is the power of choices, the power of choices. We look around us in our life and we see these silly things of food and it comes to sports teams and it comes to drinking coffee. And there's so many choices that we have every single day with our life. Um, but Jesus is trying to help us give or trying to give us a very clear vision for our life. What are you serving? What are you serving when it comes to your life? And so this text is really going to help us understand the power of our choices. I got three points this morning. I want to go ahead and tell you, you're going to have to decide between these three things. One, it's the choices between two treasures, the choices between two visions, and the choices between two masters. The choices between two treasures, two visions, and two masters. As we can see in this beginning text, uh, it says, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. You know, I am a, uh, a really big uh, hip hop fan. And, uh, and most of you are probably like, where's this going? <laughs> um, there's a Christian hip hop artist that I really enjoy. His name is Lecrae. Whether you like him or not, there was, there was a time where he wrote this song. Uh, back in 2012 called Confessions. And it was with a conversation when it came to a millionaire, basically. And it, he was having this struggle and this wrestle of, of confessions of a millionaire is basically how the course went. But there was a lyric that really reminded me of this passage. And it said, ain't nothing wrong with having it. Matter of fact, go and get it. But if you find identity in it, then go forget it. You gained the whole world, but lost the only thing you own because everything else is just a temporary loan. 
And if you let that, if you chew on that for just a minute, you let that sit in, you realize the text that we're reading here, do not store treasures in heaven or on earth here because they'll rust and destroy. Everything in this life is going to fade. Everything is going to fade. Whether it's a new car, whether it's a new phone, whether it's the money that you got coming in or it's the money that you got coming out. Everything is going to fade in this earth because it's just a temporary loan. And the issue isn't that earthly treasures are bad, but it's that they have no ultimate value either. They have no ultimate value. And, uh, you know, I work with kids and honestly, a lot of adults probably have the same struggle. But man, I just got an iPhone 13, I feel like last year. And they just came out with the 14. And you know what? They just leaked information about the 15 that's coming out. And you know what? There's an update for my phone now. And now my text messages don't work. (laughs) Does anybody else have that problem? And every single time, every single year, we know it's going to happen. There's something new that's going to be coming out. There's something that's going to be taking place. And it's not that these things are bad, but it's whenever we start putting our our identity in these things rather than the one who has created this earth itself. You know, when it comes to technology, some of you may have a love-hate relationship with technology, but I love AC and I love heat. But when it comes to technology, technology is is accelerating at an all-time rate right now in our culture when it comes to AI and it comes to all these different things that are taking place. And we could get terrified of it, but we can also realize the value of these things are also going to crumble. You know, when you think about the iPhone when it first came out, we we can kind of look at these smaller phones and these smaller cameras, and they were however much money they are now. But now you can get on Facebook Marketplace, and nobody wants to buy them. Nobody wants the old thing. Everybody wants the new thing, the newest technology, the newest software, the the way to make our lives easier when it comes to our life. I'm a shoe guy. The way that they drop the shoes is that the shoes come out once and then they don't release it again. Sad. But everybody's reaching out for these things to see who can get the best shoe, the shoe that dropped at a certain time because it's only a one-time thing. But unfortunately... Everybody in here is wearing shoes, and when you wear it once, it gets worn, and there's creases that start happening, and everything starts to fall apart. Same thing with cars. If you go buy a car off of the car lot, once you drive it off the car lot, it's a used car. And that's just the bottom line with our world, and I think Jesus was trying to give us a very clear understanding that all of us can understand that everything in this world is going to fade. Everything is going to. But we still, for some reason still like to store up these things on this earth because they believe that it's going to make us happy. Man, if I could just get a boat for this summer, man, I'd love to get on on the, on the lake, you know. That'd be so much fun. I'd be so happy with my kids out there. Man, if I could just get the newest uh, shoe drop for me specifically, man, I'd be so happy with that. Man, if I could just get this or I could just get that, whatever it is in our life, will it really make us happy? We have to ask ourselves that. Will it really make us happy? And the secret to happiness is not more. It is being content. It's contentment. The secret to happiness is not more. It's being content. In 1992, there was a survey that was done with people. And they were asked how much money they would have to make to have the American dream. Those who earned $25,000 or less a year thought that they could need around 54000 a year to have the American dream. And those in the 100,000 annual income bracket said that they could, they could buy the American dream for an average of 192,000 a year. 
Now, the point of this quote is to realize that the people in the smaller bracket, they just wanted to double their money to get the American dream. But the people in the 100,000 bracket wanted to double their money to get the American dream. The secret is not more. It's being content with God, with what God has given you, and doing the best of your abilities to be the best steward with it. In 1 Timothy 6, I think Paul had a clear understanding of what Paul was trying to tell Timothy here. He says, now godliness with contentment is great gain. See, Jesus does not say that it's wrong to possess earthly treasures, but he does say it is wrong to lay it up for yourself. Jesus doesn't say it's wrong to have these things, but he says it's wrong to lay it up for yourself because we are to hold it as stewards. Let's read the scripture again. It says, do not lay it up for yourself, treasures on earth. Don't lay it up for yourself because when you lay it up for yourself, there's no gain to it. There's no gain when it's only thinking about me. When I'm only thinking about what I can have. When I think about the things of, man, I can have American dream if I just get to that. That's not the heart of what Jesus wants us to have. If we were doing all this for ourselves, what would be the point? Your responsibility is to give it back. This past Wednesday with the students, we were talking a little bit about Nehemiah and how he had this leadership ability to build the wall around Jerusalem and how they were building the temple back up. And Nehemiah was a chosen man that had this ability of leadership that was inside of him. But it wasn't just about his gifts and his abilities. It was the fact that he did the leadership through his relationship with God. And we can apply the same thing here when it comes to money. God has given us, each and every one of us in this room, an opportunity to have money. You all are all hard workers, hopefully, and hopefully you have a dollar in your pocket. Hopefully. But the bottom line is, your responsibility is to give it back to God. When God gives you the money, it is not your opportunity to do whatever you want with it. It's your opportunity to take it and be the best steward with it that you can. You know, I didn't put this in my notes, um, and honestly, don't hate me when I say this. People have talked to me before, Derek, do you ever go to the casino? Do you ever gamble? No, I don't. You know why? Because it's not my money. It's God's money. You really think that's the best way to get ahead in life? To go gamble and make your way where all of a sudden you have this responsibility and money in life, and all of a sudden you're going to just go do with it whatever you want? The percentage of people that go to the casinos and gambles, they actually don't make money. A lot of them go broke. Man, I, I need to move on. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. I just felt like sharing that. Next part of the scripture, it says, Share your treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. God is clearly saying, don't do this, but do this. And just the other day, me and my wife sat down and we watched this movie called National Treasure. I never watched it before. I had no idea what I was about to watch. And some of you are probably judging me right now. Listen, I'm really behind on my movies, okay? <laughs> really behind. But we watched this movie, and if you haven't seen it, I'm about to give you a massive spoiler. Basically, there's this guy here who's seeking after this treasure. He's like, I have this clue that's been passed down from my father and my grandfather where they were searching after this treasure, and I got to go find it. That's my only desire in life. I got to go find this treasure, Long story short, they go through all these different clues and all these different missions in the movie. And then eventually at the end of the movie, they come to the conclusion with him and all of his buddies there where they find the treasure. He walks in with a torch and he's like, man, look at all this. 
Look at the pharaohs, man. Look at the gold that they have. We're going to be rich. And then all of a sudden he lights this little area that you can like, I don't know, put more fire on, I guess. (laughs) And all of a sudden the whole room lights up and it goes miles. It goes miles. And the reason why that they would do that is because when they died, their plan was to take it with them in the afterlife. But the unfortunate thing was these pharaohs died. And all of a sudden, another man came along and found these treasures that he stored up here on earth and was planning to take it with him in the afterlife, but it never did. The awesome thing about this as well is that even further, though gold is precious here on earth, and if we can really get this in our heads this morning, church, even though gold is precious here on earth, God uses it to pave the streets of heaven. Think about that for a second. The fact that these people in this world are constantly searching after the next riches, how to get the quickest money, and all of a sudden God is like, you know what? It's really not that big deal. I'm just going to go ahead and pave the road so then you guys can walk on it to get to me. You know, like, wow, what a boss move by God. (laughs) Like, that's pretty crazy. The next part of this scripture we talk about is wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. And this is kind of the main point when it comes to this first section that Jesus is clearly trying to say, treasures here, treasures here. He's not just talking about treasures. He's talking about our hearts. And it's a sad reality that I'm sure some of you in, this, in here have seen this before, I've heard of this before, but it's a sad reality when people lay on their deathbed and they say, I wish I spent more time with my kids. I wish I, I did more good. I wish I gave more. I wish I was able to pass down a legacy. But because of their life and they were constantly chasing after these different things and these different desires in their heart, they missed the whole point. Wherever your treasure is, your heart will be also. See, Jesus drew this conclusion that you only have, that you can only have your treasure and your heart in one place at a time. We can't store up treasure on earth and on heaven at the same time. It's impossible. We can't do it. And unfortunately, or in the, the real reality is what's the point? When we have this opportunity here on earth where God has given us a responsibility, why don't we give it back to him? Not just with our money, but with everything. Because where the desires of our hearts will be, or where the treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let's jump to the next point. Bless you. Choices between two visions. Choices between two visions. First, we talked about the choice between two treasures. But now we're going to talk about the idea of choices between two visions. Scripture says, your eye... Is like a lamp that provides light for your body. And when your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And I love Jesus because he, he clearly is talking about at first like possessions and treasure. We got this. And then he jumps to the body when it comes to the eye. And we're like, okay, Jesus, where are you talking about here? But I believe this whole section here, it is the idea of having a good eye that is either being generous Or it's either about being single-minded. And I believe both principles here can be applied to our attitude towards material things. See, being generous brings a light to our life. We are happier and we're more content. And when we have God's heart of generosity. But man, when we're not generous, it is as if your whole body will be full of darkness and our selfish ways cast. 
And I believe our church is a very generous church. And I, and I want to even sit here and say thank you for the people that have given to our mission trip when it comes to our students. Um, this is something that I talked about only twice up here. Um, but I want to say thank you for the people that have given because this is going to be a life-changing thing. And our, and our people are very happier and more content. And uh, the funny thing about generosity, though, is I've, I hear all the time, not all the time, every once in a while, a different people say, well, when I get this amount of money, then I'll be more generous. See, this is where we got to come to conclusions. The Lord isn't looking for a number to be generous. He's just looking for your heart to be generous. It's not a dollar amount that makes you generous. It's your heart that makes you generous. It doesn't have to be about money. It could be about time. It could be about making food for somebody. It could be about watching some kids in Jesus' name. It could be about anything. But the question is, where's your heart? Where's your heart? The second thing is about being single-minded. It brings a light to our lives. And we are also happier and more content when we focus on the kingdom of God and his righteousness. But when we are double-minded, it is as if your whole body... It's full of darkness and we tried to live for two masters at the same time. And it puts a, a something, <laughs> it cut out. The question is, are you being single-minded? Are you being focused in the kingdom of God? Or are you distracted by one and two things? Are we focused on what the Lord has for our lives? Or are we focused on what money can bring to my life and what God can bring to my life. See, the scripture says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. All of his ways. Not some ways, not just a couple things, not just the things here. Every single way in our life, if we are double standard, we are so unable to walk in the ways that God wants us to walk. You know, this is a picture of my father and my mother. And uh, I also want to give a shout out to my mom because it's actually her 50th birthday today. And so I know she'll be watching on uh, the stream. So I love you, mom. Happy birthday. She is uh, currently on uh, a cruise right now, though, down in Florida. So, you know, maybe she won't see this. <laughs> so then it just gets weird. Anyways, though, my parents taught me a, a lesson at a young age when I started working. Um, when I started working, they made it mandatory that I couldn't work on Sundays and I couldn't work on Wednesdays. And I didn't really understand why or the whole point of that really was at a young age. I was just like, you know what? You're my parents. I'll listen to you, whatever. And um, the older I got, the more that I started realizing that, that they weren't just trying to teach me about the importance of not working on Sundays and Wednesdays, but it was making the priority of being in the presence of God and the people around him as well. Every single Sunday, every single Sunday night, every single Wednesday night, I would get the opportunity to play drums. And man, there was one, there was times I would rather just go to work because I would be tired and I, I didn't want to practice another song. But that my parents were trying to teach me at a young age. It's the principle of it. It's the heart posture of it. Is a dollar or an extra, uh, is, is it, is it really worth the time that we would take an hour and a half out of our day to miss a Sunday service? Man, is it really worth it? Is it really worth getting ahead? Because the Lord is saying in this last scripture, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And I'm not just talking about church and I'm not just talking about being here, but I'm talking about the priorities. Where are our priorities? There was another lyric that I loved 
by uh, another hip-hop artist by the name of Andy Minia. And you guys are like, man, give me something else than hip-hop. I'm sorry. You got the youth pastor today. (laughs) He says in this lyric that a song that he wrote towards his wife after they got married, he says, "Watch, watch a man real close what he choose to do with his money. That'll tell you the truth about what he really loves. Watch a man real close what he choose to do with his money. That'll tell you the truth about what he really loves. Can I just be honest? I'm going to expose all of us men in here for just a minute. There was this meme that I saw on the internet that I thought it was absolutely hilarious. And uh, it was this meme of all these knights grabbing their swords. And, and it put above each one of their heads, it says, gun guys, car guys, gamer guys, Lego guys, golf guys. You, you see it. And then in the middle, they put their sword and they say, bad financial decision. <laughs> now, I am uh, not just a shoe guy, but I'm also a, um, a music producer. And man, I tell you what, <laughs> music stuff is expensive. <laughs> and I get sick and tired of spending all the money on it. Um, and thankfully, I have an amazing wife that helps me make amazing financial decisions that I will not just spend all the money I want on the things I want. In Jesus' name. So... The, the question we got to ask ourselves, so not just men, but all of us in here, is what are we focused on? What are we focused on? What do we have our priorities on? Are we in a place where we're constantly seeking for, to get ahead when it comes to our job and when it comes to making an extra paycheck or working that overtime hour, but then we're missing the opportunity to spend time with our family? Is it worth it? Is it worth it whenever we just take that extra time and we miss out on all these different things that are going on in our life when it comes to just being around the body of Christ and when it comes to just doing these different things just so we can get ahead when it comes to our job and we get an extra dollar? Where's our heart at? Because a double-minded man is unstable in every single way. I tell you the truth. This isn't my words. These are Jesus' words, and these, these are convicting to me as well. We have to be focused. We have to be generous. We have to be able to do the things that God has called us to do. And I don't want to sit here and just say, you have to give, 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 give all the time when it comes to our money. That's not, that's not the Bible. That's not, we're not a prosperity gospel church. Sometimes in our life, maybe the Lord is about to lead you into a season where you are actually getting a blessing at your job. And maybe the Lord's trying to tell you to save your money. Maybe we should start putting money in savings because he's trying to prepare us for the next season of our life. Are we being responsible with the things that the Lord has called us to do? Not just give, 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 but also save, 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 so that we can be ready to do what the Lord has called us to do. Mm. This will change your life if you let it. And if you let the light, if, if the light you think you have is actual darkness. I'm sorry, I got, I froze up for a second. If the light you think you have is actual darkness, how deep is that darkness? How deep? See, Jesus reminds us that if we are blind in our eyes, then our whole body is blind. And the darkness is then great in our whole body. In the same way, our attitudes towards material treasures will either bring great light or great darkness to our lives. And oftentimes a materialistic, selfish Christian justifies their sin by saying, it's just one area of my life. It's just this little thing over here. But even as the darkness of the eye affects everything in the body, so a wrong attitude towards material things brings darkness in our whole being. 
We've got to be careful, church. Don't let a dollar amount change your vision. I got my wallet here. Hopefully I got a dollar in here. <laughs> you know what it says on the back of the dollar? It says, in God we trust. It says, in God we trust. What a coincidence where God says in the scripture, you can't serve both God and money. The question is, which God are you putting your trust in? Is it God we trust or is it God we trust? Don't let the darkness overtake you. Because the last thing that he talks about here is the choice between two masters now. It's the choice between two masters. And I love how Jesus helps us put a big old bow tie to all of this. We're like, God, I understand, Jesus, I understand the treasures part. I understand the I part now. Finish this up for me for a second. It says, no one can serve two masters. No one can serve two masters. And I think it's hilarious, but at the same time, very sad that even in the Old Testament, that the ancient Israel struggled with idolatry and they thought that they could worship the Lord God and Baal. And we constantly do the same thing for our own life. God has constantly reminded them that to worship Baal was to forsake the Lord God. To be loyal to the one is to despise the other. And Jesus states that serving two masters is simply impossible. If you think that you are successfully serving two masters, you are being deceived because it cannot be done. It cannot be done. Simply said, don't serve your money. Let your money serve the Lord and it will serve you. Like I said, this isn't a, a, a prosperity message, prosperity gospel. Um, but you're probably sitting there thinking, well, how in the world do I do that? Well, listen, come back next week. Uh, Brandon Gillum's going to be having an amazing sermon on how we don't worry about tomorrow for it worries about itself. If he takes care of the lily of the fields, he'll take care of you as well. Let God take care of your money. Don't serve your money. Let your money serve the Lord. For either you will hate the one and love the other. You will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You cannot be enslaved to money. And once again, as Jesus is finishing this up, certainly Jesus is talking about the heart here. Many people would say that they love God, but their service of money shows that in fact they do not. And I hope this is a challenging word for you this morning so far. Because the question we got to ask ourselves was, well, how can we tell who or what we are serving? Well, I think I'm serving God. I think I'm in his will. Or are you in the will of your flesh? How can you tell who or what we are serving? The answer is, you will sacrifice for your God. You will sacrifice for your God every single time, every single time. Whatever you put as a priority in your life, whatever you put as the top thing, that is what you will sacrifice for every single time. So if it's money, you'll sacrifice for it. If it's your family, you'll sacrifice for it. If it's your job, you'll sacrifice for it. If it's your spouse, you'll sacrifice for it. And if it's your God, you will sacrifice for it and he will put everything else in line. See, I don't got to worry about this over here and this over here. And then I'm constantly being torn in every single area of my life. Man, if I just focus on God, he'll teach me how to love my spouse. He'll teach me how to love my kids. He'll teach me how to prioritize them first. Every single time. 
How can we tell who or what we are serving? You will sacrifice for your God. And if you sacrifice for the sake of money, but will not sacrifice for the sake of Jesus, please, church, do not deceive yourself. Money is your God. If you will sacrifice for the sake of money, but will not sacrifice for the sake of Jesus, do not deceive yourself. Money is your God. See, God says, give me your heart. Money says, I'll give you the leftovers. God says, be content with such things. Money says, get all that you can. God says, be honest and just in all of your dealings. Money says, cheat for your own gain. God says, be charitable. Money says, I'll take care of myself. God says, let me help you. And money says, I'm in control. God says, keep the the Sabbath day holy. And money says, make use of the day to get ahead of others. As Joshua once said to the Israelites, as they were traveling to their their land, the promised land, and they, they took ownership of this land. At the very end of the text in Joshua, I quote it all the time to the students. He looks at them very boldly, very strongly, and he says, choose today who you'll serve. Will you worship God or will you worship Baal? And we could say the same thing today. Choose today who you will serve. You can worship God or you can worship a pagan God, money. But choose today. And thankfully, Joshua was such a bold and and fierce leader where he stands up in front of all of them and says, as for me and my house, we're going to serve God. As for me and my house, we're going to serve God. We're not going to serve the pagan gods anymore. We're not going to serve the money anymore. It's not worth it. It's not worth it just to get ahead for a little bit, but then you lose everything else in your life. It's not worth it. I want to read this text one more time so we can kind of tie this all together. It says, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. It's the power of choices. See, everyone in here has a choice. A choice between two treasures, two visions, two masters. But you can only have one legacy. You can only have one life. You can only have one God. If you determine today who your God is, you can have a legacy. You can have a good legacy. See, Jesus is either Lord of all or not at all. Jesus has given you the power of choice. And isn't that amazing that he's given us a choice? Every single day we get to decide on little things on like what to wear, what to eat. But at the same time, he didn't, he didn't program us where the day that we were born, we were enslaved to serve him. That's not the kind of God he is. 
And out of this text, we can wrap it all up and we can walk away from church today and say, well, the church has talked about money again. The church just want me to give more. No, if, if that's what you got away with, it, I think you missed it because Jesus is clearly trying to say, I want your heart. I want the things that you put over me. I want the areas of your life where you think you're doing okay, but you're actually unstable in every single way of your life. You got to ask yourself, who am I serving? Who am I serving? Am I serving my selfish needs or am I serving my selfless God? He loves you. He wants to have a relationship with you. He doesn't want you to prioritize anything else over him. He is a jealous God. He's a gracious God that he even gives us the choice. But man, he just wants your heart. That's all he wants. And I pray that you're in this room right now. And I pray that this text has convicted you because it can apply to every last one of us in here. Let's be real. We all make money. We all need money. It's an important thing to have in this earth. Not just for the things that we want, but the bills that we need to pay. The things that we need to take care of our family. They're important things. But can I express to you very clearly, the Lord loves your family more than you love your family. The Lord loves you more than you love yourself. And we have to be having this clear understanding that he is our father. As Pastor Brandon talked about last week, we got to have this respect that he is our father and he's looking out for us. And he's trying to give us this clear direction in our life so we don't mess up and we don't get ourselves in a bind where we get confused and we get unstable and all these different things. He's trying to give you clear direction. Stop, stop choosing between the two. Choose me. Choose me. He's either Jesus, either Jesus is Lord of all or he's not at all. Jesus has given you the power of choice. Let's pray this morning, church. Father God, thank you so much for this word this morning. Thank you for the opportunity that we can be in your presence once again. Lord, help us to prioritize the things that you ask us to prioritize, which is you. Help us to realign our hearts, God, so we don't have to be confused and in any more ways, God. We just want to be set and focused on your heart. Everyone in here, God, is searching after a dollar to take care of their family, especially in the, in the world and the culture that we're living in. But God, I pray you give us a relentless desire to chase after you and a, a relentless heart just to trust you. That things in this earth will fade away, but you will stay the same forever and ever. So God, I pray for every heart in this room right now that they would give you everything in their life. Not just the things that are easy, but the money specifically, God, that they would give your money back to you, that you would be the Lord over their money. I pray blessings over everyone in this room, God. And I just pray that you continue to teach us, continue to walk with us, continue to be with us as we learn this very simple but difficult principle that you're trying to teach us, God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Church, can we stand up as we are about to do one more worship song?